Hello, welcome to the Christ Church Podcast. Hope you're having a great day today. I wanted to get on here and just uh, talk about pastoral ministry for a little bit today. And this is going to have implications for our church, Christ Church of Carbondale. But I also think it's going to be hopefully helpful for some pastors out there who are navigating what pastoral ministry is. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking about the young pastor who is maybe fresh out of seminary or uh, maybe even be a, maybe even he's a, a church planter. Somebody that's trying to navigate what pastoral ministry is to the positive. I mean, a lot of us uh, in ministry, when I started uh, in, in ministry back in about 10 years ago, in uh, the church planting world, as part of a church plant in the uh, early or the late 2000s, and I really didn't know positively what pastoral ministry was. I kind of did everything in a reactionary sort of way. So I read a lot, I studied a lot, um, loved to preach. But I didn't really know what making disciples was. I didn't really understand what uh, what serving a, a congregation meant. And so I was kind of left by myself trying to navigate what pastoral ministry was. And then over the years, I bounced around at a few different churches and ministries and picked up some ideas of pastor, pastoral ministry, both, both to the positive and the negative. And it really wasn't until about the last year or so that some of um, my understanding of what pastoral ministry is has been shaped. And so I just want to share that, hopefully, in a helpful way in what I have kind of coined my six pastoral priorities. Now, our pastors at Christ Church, Andy and I and Russ and I, to a limited degree, have talked about this, talked through this. This is mainly what I've kind of coined as, as my role of, of one of the pastors of Christ Church. And uh, it, it kind of helps in two ways. Number one, these six pastoral priorities help me escape modern ministry paradigms. If you look at the church growth movement or even popular pastoral conferences today, there's so much hoopla and there's very little understanding of long-term ministry. And so I, I've tried to learn over the years from, from those who have been faithful in ministry over the long haul, 30, 40 years, and that's helped me to just kind of escape a little bit. It seems like in ministry today, um, everything is fast. We want fast growth. We want fast, uh, even you know, numerically, in, in large you know, as far as the large scale, we want fast growth uh, numerically on Sunday mornings as, as an organization or as a church. We also want really fast spiritual growth at a personal level. And then we also want fast discipleship growth. So everything seems to be fast, 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 microwave versions of everything. And these priorities have kind of helped me escape that and take a long-term view of ministry that I think over the years is going to be helpful at Christ Church, uh, where the, the congregation I serve and who majority of you are going to be listening to this are a part of. Um, but before I do that, I want to share just a couple excerpts from one of the best chapters that I read in 2015, and it came from a from a book called The Contemplative Pastor by by Eugene Peterson. This is really earth shaking for me, and it actually was kind of a almost an, an operating system as I began to develop these pastoral priorities, um, kind of even unintentionally. It was just kind of working in the background. But I just want to read a couple excerpts from this, and then talk about that for a bit, and then lay out these six pastoral priorities that guide my schedule. Number one, and two, help me escape the modern ministry hoopla. So let me read these excerpts. This comes from the best chapter of any book besides the Bible I read last year, The Unbusied Pastor uh, by Eugene Peterson. The first one is this. The poor man, we say, he's so devoted to his flock. The work is endless and he sacrifices himself so unstingingly. But the word busy is the symptom of not of commitment, but of betrayal. It is not devotion, but defection. The adjective, busy, set as a modifier to pastor, 
should sound to our ears like idolatrous is, excuse me, adulterous to characterize a wife or embezzling to describe a banker. It's an outrageous scandal, a blasphemous affront. It comes from page 17, Eugene Peterson's book. On page 18, another great quote, quote, I am busy because I am vain. I want to appear important, significant. What better way than to be busy? The incredible hours, the crowded schedule, the heavy demands on my time are proof to myself and to all who will notice that I am important, end quote. It comes from page 18. The next one and the last one that I'm going to read also comes from page 18. It says this, I am busy because I'm lazy. I indolently let others decide what I will do instead of resolutely deciding myself. I let people who do not understand the work of pastor write the agenda for my day's work because I'm too slipshod to write it myself. The pastor is a shadowy figure in, the, in people's minds, a marginal person vaguely connected with matters of God and goodwill, anything remotely religious of somehow well-intentioned can be properly assigned to the pastor, end quote. Now, these really rocked me last year because I realized that I had been operating, um, in large part, when I evaluated my weekly schedule, very reactionary. What seems to be important? Okay, this seems to be important. Therefore, I will do it. I let other people build my schedule. Well, now I've got a paradigm, excuse me, there's been a paradigm shift, and I understand biblically, I think, more accurately, and I'm assuming as I grow older and God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, continues to, to grow me, I'm going to understand pastoral ministry better and better and better over the years. But I've got at least six pastoral priorities that have helped, helped to guide me to start to schedule um, my activities from week to week in a proactive way rather than a reactionary way. So number one, here they are, without any further ado. Number one, I want to shepherd my own family well. This can be overstated and it can be understated. There are many people who have, uh, I think it's Jared Wilson who said, you can sacrifice family on the altar of ministry or ministry on the altar of family. So I want to strike a careful balance, but especially in the church planting world and, and how our world is functioning right now uh, with Christ Church, uh, it can be overstated, family's importance, or understated. Um, and so it is absolutely clear biblically that if I neglect my family, uh, Jordan and Ransom, my responsibilities, then I'm not faithful, uh, I'm not a faithful husband and father, and then therefore I'm not qualified to be in pastoral ministry. So they are my number one priority. If there ever comes a day where Jordan, and I don't foresee this in any way because she's as wonderful as she is, if there's ever a day that she says, Jared, you got to pick one, well, I'm going to have to pick my family because uh, before... I'm a pastor, I'm a family man, and that's that's biblical. So my number one pastoral priority is shepherd my own family well. Number two is uh, is taken from Paul's commission to Timothy, preach the word, in season and out. So I want to stay committed to gospel-centered, expeditional preaching and teaching of the Bible. That's my second priority. That is my priority, along with prayer, we can include that as well, and I hate to make that a tagline, but in Acts chapter 6, the apostles... Uh, bumped up against time constraints because they couldn't accurately preach the Word or they were struggling to study the Word and to pray because they had so many other things that were happening. And so my second pastoral priority is preaching and prayer. My third priority is I want to model for the congregation, for our church, biblical friendship. And I've heard it stated time and time again that pastors often are lonely. And this may be the case, but it should not be so. Pastors should be modeling for the congregation what redemptive community looks like, what accountability, discipleship, discipline looks like. 
because they should be modeling this for with with the elder body. And so, for our church, I want our church to always see that I am held accountable by Andy. Well, number one, by my wife, but held accountable by Andy and Russ, and they're going to be my best friends for the long haul. And I want to create space in our lives, margin in our lives, to model for the congregation. These men are best friends. They hold each other accountable. They are pursuing Jesus together. They're confronting each other when they need to be confronted, and they're pointing each other to Jesus. So I want to model that for our congregation. Number four is I want to always be discipling men. I want to disciple six to eight men at all times. And I get this just clearly from the scriptures that Jesus uh, walked and did life with 12. He did life more intimately with three. Um, But we see this replicated in the lives of the apostles. They made disciples who made disciples. 2 Timothy 2.2 is really clear that we are to put the the gospel in the hands of faithful men who will be able to teach it to others also. This is what I want to model for our people. So I'm going to always, at all times, disciple six to eight men who, in turn, if I'm doing this correctly... The Holy Spirit will then start replicating this in the lives of the men that I'm discipling. This is not, however, simply discipleship in our church for men. My wife and the, the wives of the Christ Church pastors are disciple makers. Jordan is has been just fantastic at making disciples, and she has been pouring into women at our church, and women have been recipients of just other godly women within our congregation pouring into them. And the hope is that they will begin to do that with other women as well. And so we want to see second, third, fourth generation discipleship both in our men and our women. My fifth priority, fifth pastoral priority, is I want to know the people in our church. Uh, I have been a part of churches, and then I've, I've seen this done poorly as well. I've seen uh, what's called pastoral care um, n- not actually be, pa- be pastoral care. At all it is, is is being a thousand miles wide and an inch deep, where you know everybody's names, but you actually don't know anybody deeply at the heart level. And I want to model as much as I possibly can being in each other's homes and having the congregation in my home. And I want to get to know as many people as possible at the heart level. And I want to get them to be able to get to know Jordan and I and our family at a heart level. And I realize that there's going to be limitations to this based on time and the other priorities that I've already listed. But I do want to make an effort to know our people. I want to know our people and I want them to know us. And I, I hope the other pastor, pastors of Christ Church, and I, and I know this to be the case, I want them to be doing this as well, and they are. Um, we want to know our people and we want our people to know us. So that's pastoral priority number five. Pastoral priority number six for me is just be faithful in hospital, wedding, and funeral responsibilities. This is often neglected in pastoral ministry today uh, based on pastors who are unwilling to do um, even weddings and uh, who don't want to be going to the hospital or don't particularly want to do funerals. And this is a just a simple, basic, biblical priority of shepherding the sheep. I mean, care for them, you know, tend the flock. Um, and that's a priority that I want to mark the ministry that I get to be a part of. Now, as I've been talking, you may notice this. I see myself as generally having four to five congregations, churches, I guess you could say. Now, it's obvious that there's only one church, but let me say this again and go through these priorities. My, my first church, uh, first priority is my family. That's my first congregation. That's the first uh, group of people, the first church that gets my time, gets my energy, gets my best energy, and I love my family. Unfortunately, uh, I'm getting work from home today, doing a lot of different things that I need to do. It's been a very efficient day, but I've got to here and there step out, go see Jordan, go see Ransom, love on them, hug them, say hey, and come back and, and get back to work. Uh, that's my first church. Second church is the elders, and they get my priority. They, I, saw, to the chagrin of possibly even congregants down the road, may say, "Hey, you spend too much time with the elders." Elders. Well, I don't want to model for the congregation relational width. I want to re- model relational depth. And so I 
may have to take a little bit of criticism at some point for being best friends with the elders, but that's a risk I'm willing to take because I see that as, a, as, as being biblical. Um, the apostles, I'm sure, had deep, deep friendships, and they were to model, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, and Paul modeled deep relationships with the people he traveled with. And so that's my second congregation. My third congregation is the men that I disciple. So I spend a good amount of time with people throughout the week. I have dear friends of mine that I get to do this with and spend time with. And that's my third church, third congregation. And then my fourth congregation is the broader congregation. And so the rest of the church, as they get come into my home and as I come into their home, uh, that's the, the fourth, I guess, church, you could say. These six pastoral priorities guide, one, like I said before, they guide my weekly schedule, and two, they help me to escape modern ministry hoopla that just unfortunately gets people in a hurry but does not help people escape from the temporary and and help them to gain a long-term ministry uh, understanding so that's my hope with these six pastoral priorities for anybody listening that one you'd get an understanding of what what i want to do for us as christ church and, and how I see myself serving you as a congregation. But secondly, I hope this may be helpful for any pastor out there that may be listening that has um, struggle understanding what they're supposed to do during the week. Hopefully this is helpful. If not, then, uh, well, I'm sorry, but I just hope it was helpful. Let me pray for you, and then I hope you have a great rest of the day. Uh, Father God, I thank you for the for this uh, just the technology to be able to do this. And I pray that this is helpful for, for our church and uh, possibly for the young pastor or older pastor that may be listening listening in. Holy Spirit, just use these uh, priorities in any way you see fit. Um, And uh, I trust you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.